Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 197th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing splendid, Cam. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I always say alongside, but I, I'm actually across from you. <laughs> That's I, true. Should I start saying across from? No. I think alongside is just you know a nice teamwork word. Yeah. That's true. It, it never meant to be. It was never meant to be like taken literally, like a physical. Oh, should we? Do you think we should argue more? On this. On the show. Yeah. On the show, or just like in general. Well, maybe both. Um. No. Okay. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> okay. Then keep saying alongside. Do you disagree? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Sometimes he, sometimes we could argue can. about whether we should argue or not. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he has some really bad takes. I just want to. Let just, me know. Let me know next time we hear one. I guess. I'm just joking. Uh, Kyle, there's a big announcement. There was a big announcement. Big news. I thought you were about to make one. No, it's already happened. Isaiah Mosley is going to be a Missouri Tiger. We have a lot of thoughts on that, obviously, so we'll get to that in a little bit. We're also going to talk about football recruiting. Um, There's some new rankings that were released. Before we do any of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review, leave us a like or a comment, um, all that kind of stuff that people say. And you can support the podcast through Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Kyle, have you been watching any of the NBA Finals? No, I've actually been watching more hockey. Really? Yeah, my wife's mm-hmm. family is from New York. They're big Rangers fans. So I've been watching every Rangers game. What part of New York are they from? Long Island. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's so exotic. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I have some family from Buffalo, New York. I've been to Buffalo Toronto as well. Toronto area. Yeah. Um, cool state. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I thought it was interesting. The uh, how have you enjoyed your time watching hockey? Uh, it's been fine. I yeah, it's been pretty entertaining. I was looking at the NBA Finals rosters, and the Celtics roster just is full of familiar faces. Let me pull it up. Obviously, Jason Tatum. Right. He's he's pretty notable. But a lot of their younger players, um, I mean, like, uh, who was the center for Texas A&M? Robert Williams. Okay. He starts for them. Um that's pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. obviously, played for Conzo. At Conzo's the best recruit of his entire career. Yep. Um, he starts, plays a ton, one of their best players. Um, who else off the bench? Grant Williams from Tennessee. He's like their sixth man. Yeah, I remember seeing something about that, actually. That was shocking to me. Yeah. I didn't think you would be a very good NBA player. Proved you wrong. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, the series itself has been kind of boring. It's like been kind of blowouts either way Celtics are up two to one I think hard to beat Steph Curry and the Warriors though um okay you ready to talk about this Isaiah Mosley no we're gonna save that that's the meat of the show let's talk about football recruiting first what do you have against, what do you have against football well this is not quite as noteworthy <laughs> uh rivals came out with their updated top 250 and uh some uh, Mizzou related recruits uh, guys that Mizzou is in on and uh, just players from the state of Missouri 
some got nice little bumps, some dropped a little bit. Uh, were there any in particular that caught your eye? Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely the time of year where if you are, if you follow football recruiting whatsoever, it's definitely that time of year where you want to start kind of familiarizing yourself with these names. You're going to start hearing them a lot, um, whether it's on this podcast or just other various places online. If you follow Mizzou whatsoever, you're going to be hearing these names a lot. So um, it's, you know, Missouri's in on a lot of guys that are in the Rivals 250. And honestly, that's, um, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's this many guys always, but wanted to hit on some some uh, significant names for sure. There's a uh, Mizzou commit on this list, and that's where we'll start. So that is uh, Brett Norfleet. He's tight end. He is just sneaking in the 250 at 249. Uh, I think he was previously like 239. Um, definitely has had some attention from some big schools um, uh, maybe a few months ago. Kind of thought his commitment could be in jeopardy a little bit, but he stayed strong. Still a long way to go on that, but seems like that maybe is that those concerns may be behind us a little bit. Um, the highest name on this list by far that we're going to talk about <laughs> is Samuel Mapemba, and he's a defensive end, and he came in at third overall. So, yeah, five-star player that Missouri has been heavily involved with. He's visited several times. I still just can't possibly imagine Missouri has a real shot here. Um, he seems to really like Missouri, but everybody you can possibly imagine is on him. Yeah, and he seems to like whichever place uh, <coughs> he's been visiting recently. Yeah. He uh, posts a lot on Instagram and Twitter every time he goes on a visit, which right. is cool. And it seems like Miami is one of the top teams, and but I think uh, Notre Dame is going to be the team to beat, right? which is a shame, but uh, you know, you never know. Yeah, we were talking about him a little while ago before we started the show. Like He looks like he could be in the NFL right now. <laughs> he's like yeah. a probably 17-year-old kid, and he is just... Uh, He's big. Yeah, he's listed at 6'4", 245, and he is just insanely muscular. Yeah. And um, he just until recently, he was listed as an athlete. Like, he mm-hmm. was, it was kind of a little bit undecided if he would play offense or defense yeah. in college. Could probably easily play both. Yeah. Uh, he would be a monster of a tight end. And I just saw a clip of him just a couple of days ago, like, snagging a one-handed touchdown with two defenders on him in some kind of seven-on-seven type drill. Yeah, just incredible athlete. But, you know, if you're looking at a, a big career in the pros, you know, you see the type of money that pass rushers make at the next level, right. then the next next level, I guess. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to Davian Bradley is a defensive end, and he is ranked 32nd. And Caden Green, offensive tackle. I mean, we've been talking about Caden Green for probably – a year on this podcast maybe one of the longest uh standing recruits we've been talking about from this class um he's ranked 34th overall he's making his college decision next month and you know missouri is going to be right there um in the mix and they're getting the last visit for for caden green on june 24th i think he'll be on campus so he's taking a visit to oklahoma which seems like probably the favorite to land him at this point he'll take an official to michigan at some point this month and i think there's one other school that I can't think of off the top of my head, but um, I'll probably think of it at some point. But Missouri's going to get his last official visit before he makes his decision. That could be significant. That might not be. But definitely, I'm sure a lot of you guys probably know Caden Green pretty well at this point. We know him well. We, yeah. we know him quite well, yes. On a personal level. Mm-hmm. Offensive tackle, Logan Reichert. Same thing. We've been talking about him for a long time. 
Um, he's 84th in the Rivals 250. Uh, definitely seems like Missouri's the favorite in his uh, recruitment at this point and probably has been for a little while. Uh, but they're going to, I like all of these guys, they're going to have to fight off some serious competition to land any of these guys. So, uh, Miles McVeigh is yet another offensive tackle. He's ranked 102nd. He had a little bit of a dip um, in the rankings. I think he was ranked like 50-something uh, beforehand. And so I was, I was a little surprised to see um, him take a dip because I think he's performed well in some camps he's been at and stuff like that. So I'm not really sure. don't really have a good explanation for why he dropped 50 spots or so. But um, still a really exciting recruit that I think Missouri is probably the favorite for McVeigh at this point as well. Who were the teams that you said, uh, Caden Green? Who, who, who um, Oklahoma, Michigan, Missouri, and then there's one other. Nebraska. Ne- is it Nebraska? I think so. Interesting. Okay. Well, producer Cam's probably happy about that, right? Don't bring it up. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I'm going to attempt this name here. Um, you got it. Coming in at 116th in the Rivals 250 from North Kansas City is Adapoju Adabaware. That's it. Defensive end. And uh, probably the biggest riser of anybody that Missouri is involved with right now um, from last Rivals 250 update to this one is Jeremiah Love, who is a running back from CBC in St. Louis. He was previously unranked. Now he is 49th in the country on Rivals. So that is a massive jump. And, you know, early on, I would have said Missouri was probably the favorite, maybe still are the favorite, but... Man, he has – everybody's in on him now. So he can probably uh, go anywhere he wants at this point and is a great running back prospect, really balanced. So um, that's a name that you will probably be hearing about a lot. And then lastly, the guy, the last guy I want to talk about was uh, offensive linebacker. Offensive – I did, I said that earlier. Offensive linebacker. That's a new uh, – that's a new position. We just invented that position. That's a new position they're thinking about adding now in college football is an offensive linebacker. That's basically that's like a fullback. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, pretty much is. Uh, no, actually, this guy's going to play, be playing defense, defensive linebacker, um, okay. outside linebacker is the, what that O stands for. Uh, and that's D Creighton, <laughs> and he's ranked one. <laughs> I got to keep it together, man. Okay, you got this. Um, he's ranked one. <laughs> 135th in the Rivals okay. 250. D, that's D. Creighton. He's going to be playing defensive linebacker. <laughs> I just love the fact that you saw that OL there. It's just like offensive <laughs> line comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, Should just you know I could have just written linebacker like LB. That would have been just fine. Um, Trendavian Bradley, uh, 24/7 Sports seems to think it's between Tennessee and USC right now. Yeah, it kind of feels like Missouri's out of that one. I think he has been on campus pretty recently, though. Hmm. Man, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of Oklahoma. Yeah, that's the kind of the thing with um, this class. It's, you know, Missouri's in on a lot of talent, but may not land quite as much in-state kind of regional guys as they have the last two classes. But um, you never know. And, you know. I mean, does it worry you at all? Like, um you know, we've talked before about Coach Drinkwitz doing well in state and even like grabbing four stars from other states, which was kind of never, you know, not something that Missouri usually does. And here we are with another pretty loaded in state group of players. And it, it doesn't look great for Mizzou with a lot of them. 
Um, You're right. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm worried yet. Um, you know, it's still you kind of have to zoom out a little bit and look at. I mean, who do who do we have already committed? We have a four-star quarterback out of state, Jabari Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, which landing a four-star quarterback out of state we've talked about how rare that is you know that happened with sam horn already so um coach Drinkwitz has shown that he's able to land talent from outside the state um brett norfleet's four-star tight end you know he we still do have a great start to this class so far with some lang in-state guy yes exactly some four-star uh talented guys already and um, not only has I think this staff shown that they can go out and get the highly rated guy, I think they ha- will have also shown that they're not going to be outworked and they'll they'll turn over every stone and you know find any in they can get with anybody out there. So I, and they're not going to give up on any of these guys either. Right. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen yeah them flip guys or you know definitely a random decommitment and then boom, Missouri's the number one team. Right. Yeah. It's it's early June, and these guys could commit somewhere else. Saw that with Luther Burden, obviously. Um, yeah, it's not over till it's over. Yeah, of course, you know, the whole uh, DJ Wesselak thing, like not in the yeah. top 15, but then we come around and get him. Exactly. I think, uh, I don't know, I'm just anticipating a lot of fans um, seeing a missed opportunity here, and it's probably a good thing that probably the athletic department learned their lesson. They're not uh, exactly hyping up this in-state class with any monikers like tiger 10 or anything like that yeah i think that was a lesson learned yeah all right so we're gonna switch gears here and talk about basketball because we got the biggest impact transfer yet of the offseason isaiah mosley he's gonna be a true son after all uh nobody nobody thought it would happen honestly no (coughs) and he obviously you know who isaiah mosley is originally from columbia missouri went to rockbridge high school won the class five state championship here in springfield we watched it uh beat caleb love's uh cbc team uh love was a junior at that time and conzo martin and the missouri uh basketball staff wasn't really interested they weren't really interested in Mosley or Harris or Jamonta Black. And that Mosley's performance in his time at Missouri State made that a huge issue for Conzo. Yeah. I mean, it was, you could not that was like avoid a, it. A ghost almost. Yeah. Just haunting. It just, just, it was just one of those misses um, that we've talked about, those in state misses that were just haunting the Conzo Martin era. The whole time he was here. And for him to just be down here in Springfield doing what he was doing. Yeah. A, a, even against, you know, like uh, top 25 Loyola Chicago right. uh, against Oklahoma in the NIT. Yeah. Some of his best games came in those moments where he had to score back against the wall. Um, one game in particular against Northern Iowa, he dropped like 40 something point, 43, I believe. And yeah, he just, uh, yeah, against good competition, he was still able to get it done. He had a stretch this past season, so his his junior season, uh, where he scored 27, 43, 41, 39, 43, 42. Sorry, <laughs> I, I was reading the wrong stat. I was uh, going to say, wow, that's amazing. It's, it's, it's close to that good. Okay, let me try again. 43, 33, 32, 24, 40, 25. In consecutive games. Yeah. He was the Kempom MVP in all of those games. Uh, Missouri State won 
five, four out of those six. Do you have Kimpom pulled up by, by any yeah. chance? Do you know what his offensive rating was for this past season? Offensive it was uh, 114, 113.9. Yeah. Um, I almost thought it could be higher, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Lack of that's assists. still <laughs> – yeah, I guess so. Um, his assist rate in conference play wasn't terrible, 13th highest in, in the conference. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just insane. He he had a 50-40-90 uh, season, which you may have already heard about this, but if you haven't, 50% shooting from the field, 40% from three, 90%, 90% from the free throw line. He was just the 12th Division One player to do that since individual stu- shooting statistics were widely recorded uh, not that long ago, actually, uh, 92-93 season. But still, um, basically, in our entire lives, there's only been, he was the 12th player to ever have that, those shooting splits. And he was doing it at an insanely high usage rate. Right. 38th most possessions in the country, third in the Missouri Valley. Yeah, to be able to have the efficiency and the, the percentages that he had at the usage that he was playing at is just unreal. And I don't know. You know, I, I like like you said, we, li- we, we live in Springfield. I've been watching. I've probably watched Isaiah Mosley play a hundred times. Um, he just has this unique skill set where he's not the most athletic guy on the court. He's not like he doesn't play super fast. But he just has this unbelievable like creativity and kind of like smoothness to his game where he will just like he won't necessarily just drive around you, but he just has these creative moves where he's kind of able to get guys off balance, um, able to get them to jump up in the air on mm-hmm. like pump fakes and stuff like that. He can score at every level. Mm-hmm. Um, he has kind of this like James Harden like step back where it's unguardable. Right. And he's just a walking bucket and somebody he's like the kind of player that I don't know that Missouri has had in years where he's just just a deadly scorer yeah I mean I'm gonna probably just be like completely blanking on somebody but we haven't had somebody who can create their own shot as well as he can and make the shot like I feel like you don't have to go too far back to find somebody like Pinson, like Xavier Pinson, he could do some things with the ball and he was shifty enough and athletic enough to make an opportunity for himself. He just didn't convert it mm-hmm. enough, honestly. Right. Um, yeah, he's like kind of silky in that way that Pinson was. Right. But he's bigger and yeah. converts. And Drew more. Smith had a little bit of that too. Yeah. Um, but he was not nearly the kind of offensive scorer. No. Um, like, I literally feel like. A healthy MPJ was a, probably a better scorer, but might, might be the only guy I can think of since like Denman. Yeah, and, and yeah, even Marcus Denman, he had a little bit of a spot up shooter role. Now he could right. create for himself too, but not with the kind of dribble moves right. and spins and pump fakes and stuff that yeah, Mosley has. Truly like elite. Yeah. What what Mosley is able to do and. Man, it's just it, like it, like I said, it's almost unexplainable. Just like watching him play, like you just blink and, and he's got twenty five points. Mm-hmm. It he's it just is unbelievable how he does it. And he's good at getting to the free throw line, and then he makes ninety percent of his free throws. Right. 
Yeah, I think Missouri State had an NIT game this past year against Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and he had like 20 points in the first half or something. Like he was just scoring at will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he averaged uh, six rebounds a game. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is a huge, huge get for Coach Gates. I mean, it it was rumored. Okay, so he, to go through the timeline a little bit here, he announced that he was going to enter his name in the NBA draft. And um, then I can't remember exactly if there was a transfer announcement at that time, but came a little later. Yeah. So a little bit after that, he announced that he was transferring or entering his name in the portal. And it was pretty much assumed that can't, he would go to Kansas. Yeah. I mean, I, we talked about it. We joked about it on air. Like, that's a night what a nightmare made all the sense in the world yeah it's of course this is going to happen he's going to go to kansas he's he's going to come to missouri arena next year and torch us and everybody will laugh at us they will all laugh at you and it was yeah it was another one of those uh um stories where the hometown kid comes back on another team and and torches is like you just like you said yeah it was it was just i was already ready for that yeah it was that was that made all the sense in the world Thank goodness we're avoiding that, honestly. Like, there's a part of his commitment that's just like, <laughs> just holy crap, I'm there. so happy he didn't go to Kansas. Yeah. Um, but I I started to think, like, mm, something doesn't seem... Duke th- was involved at one point. Yeah. But then that quickly turned into Mississippi State. Yeah. He visited Mississippi State. They seemed like they were going to be the destination. Yeah, they were all in. Which, going from, you know, Kansas and, like, Duke being mentioned to Mississippi State. Yeah, like you might as almost just stay at Missouri State if you're yeah. gonna go to Mississippi State. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what uh, what went into that, but that fell apart. And then all of a sudden, there was a little bit of speculation that yeah. Mizzou might not be out of it completely. Yeah, it was and just like a prolonged silence where nothing was really happening. Uh, didn't really get. I never really heard a concrete. He's, you know, withdrawing from the NBA draft process right. announcement. It was really pretty silent until there was like, yeah, Missouri. There was rumors about Missouri being back in the picture, um, and yeah, it kind of came down to a final two of Mississippi State and Missouri. And I don't know. It, I'm not really sure what happened behind the scenes. I'm I'm shocked he didn't end up at Kansas. Yeah, especially with uh, the departures that they had. Oh well, we don't have to think about yeah, it anymore. Time, yeah. It's a, it's it's a, up, we yeah. avoided that nightmare. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you plug him right into the starting lineup. Right. And you build the offense around him. And his you, he may not have the kind of usage that he had at Missouri State with a little bit of uh, a little bit better pieces around him potentially. I mean, Missouri State had starters from that team last year that transferred down right. a level. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, the team was basically two players doing everything at Missouri State last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is very exciting. I don't want to overhype it. Like, I'm worried about overhyping it and thinking, like, you know, he's going to come here and average, like, 23 points per game or something, which right. that's, that's probably not going to happen. No, I don't think but it will. But we're looking at probably... I don't know, six, yeah. 16 points per game. You're right. I mean, it's like the, it, we're looking at potentially first team all SEC type of season. Right. That's there. Yeah. You never know what he's going to do um, on like a consistent 
basis. You know, this is going to be a step up for him competition-wise, um, night in and night out. But you're looking at a guy that will easily have the ability to score 30-plus points in any given game and probably will a few times. And, yeah, I don't think his, his usage will be as high, and it probably shouldn't be. It was almost an unhealthy amount, um, you know, at a certain point um, last season at Missouri State. But He wasn't off very often, though. I know. I mean, when you – his – true shooting percentage was 61 percent yeah you let that guy keep shooting yeah you might as well so it's gonna be yeah it'd be really fascinating to see what his role is on missouri's team and how they kind of complement him but i do agree with you he's kind of the primary piece of the offense at this point last year so he so mosley's offensive rating was 113.9 the best offensive rating on missouri's team last year was from ronnie de gray believe it or not at 110 hmm. Kobe Brown was at 105 keep in mind 100 is average uh, we had three players that were over 100 Kobe Ronnie DeGray and Trevin Brazil what was Anton Brookshire like 75 64 oh okay it's true. all right I didn't mean to single anybody out there <laughs> uh, the team's best true shooting percentage came from Trevin Brazil at 59 Kobe's was 55 Brazil was doing this with like barely any usage at all Mm -hmm. and Mosley's out here 38th most possessions used in the nation and a true shooting percentage of 61% so that's if you don't know that factors in three point shots as it weights those higher than a two pointer a couple of game winners too yeah against Bradley at the buzzer Mm mm-hmm Hmm. it's clutch go watch his highlights if yeah. you haven't there's plenty of them out there yeah just watch what he does when he gets the ball at like the top of the key it's like everybody knows what he's about to he's going to do something but it's like there's nothing we can do he will do some kind of move you haven't seen yet and you'll be up in the air and before you know it and he's got you off guard they'll throw teams are throwing a double team at him he would just kind of dribble out of the double team and reset himself a little bit and then go back in and attack. Yep. It's unstoppable. Yeah, it's just it's exciting because it just fits such a desperate need that we've been asking for. And he's gonna play one season. He's not he's not coming back for a second season. I don't I wouldn't think. You know, he's I think he even said something recently, like, it'll be nice to play my last year at Mizzou. Mm. Um, he's playing one year and he's going to maximize it and but he fits a a role in our team that we're so desperate for and have wanted to see for years now and i think that's just what makes it extra special and knowing he's you know, the hometown kid you know he said something like he grew up watching jordan clarkson and marcus denman and stuff and so it just made sense for him to come home so it's great man and i mean not only is he gonna hopefully come in and you know provide that scoring threat that we're so desperate for but he's gonna go get drafted and represent Missouri in the NBA. So he put his name in the NBA draft this year. And I think he was kind of considered a fringe draft choice. Mm -hmm. I could, I don't want to get people too terribly excited. I could see a path where he's kind of in the same boat next year. And it's the choices between playing overseas or in the G league versus whatever financial, uh, opportunity sure. is in Columbia still. Sure. It's not yeah. I don't want to say it's impossible. It's unlikely he comes back, but hey, that's 
no really any reason to write that off at this point. Yeah. Plan on it being a one Plan season Plan on it thing. being one season. If it's if we get more than that, yeah, that'd be great. Right. I mean, what's his what's his ceiling draft stock wise? You probably have a better grip on that than I do. Maybe NBA wise, is he does he have a chance to sneak in that first round? He would have to do something really special next year. Um, he would have to repeat. He would have to have the type of season he had in the Missouri Valley. He would have to do that again in the SEC mm-hmm. and be like SEC Player of the Year type of player. What's holding it? What's holding him back? Just to, uh, like physical attributes, probably yeah. maybe a little undersized. Yeah, his athleticism isn't quite there uh, for the NBA. He still does have kind of a goofy shot. It goes in. Yeah. It looks good, but it's not. It's just slightly unorthodox. Maybe some uh, slight defensive concerns. Yeah, potentially. But, well, that's you that's not going to totally, stop you from being right, drafted. You totally put up with that Yeah, for what he brings offensively. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of draft profiles had him as kind of an underrated player. Mm-hmm. But I just... He would have been the type of player that he's your classic second rounder, in my opinion. And I don't. There's not a whole lot yeah. that could change that. Take a flyer on a undersized guy that can score. Yep. And then, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, honestly, that's not. That's kind of how Jordan Clarkson got into the league. Right. But uh, his athleticism was he's a little above longer. average, yeah. and uh, he really developed as a scorer once he got to the NBA. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess we should have probably talked about Jordan Clarkson and, like, Jabari Brown as maybe, like, peer scorers at Mizzou in the last decade or so. Yeah, I was thinking about them. Even, like, uh, you know, Jordan Barnett, uh, Cassius Robertson, those guys were putting up big numbers. Yeah. Just Maybe a little more one-dimensional than yeah. than Mosley, I would say. Oh, maybe, for sure. Maybe, maybe better three-point shooters than Mosley, but yeah. not as well-rounded as he is. Definitely. Yeah, Mosley has the ball handling skills to run the offense. Sure. I doubt Missouri puts him in that position a ton. They'll run sets for him, though. I know they will, where he... He'll just get ISO. Yeah, he'll have isolation opportunities for sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't see him being, like, the point guard by any means. Right. Yeah, and, you know, at Missouri State, he ran a ton of ISO looks where he would just, like I said, he would just get the ball to the top of the key and go to work. He He was... arguably the best isolation player in the country last year probably and i don't know if we'll see that as much at mizzou but i think we'll see some for sure why not just let him go to work yeah it sometimes it just kind of takes a little while for him to find an angle but he will find it he will right. find a way to he beat the defender every time yeah keeps probing until yes. he's got them in the air yeah. or something and, and you uh you said it exactly like if he kind of feels like he is stuck he just finds a way to kind of dribble out of it and reset and yeah. start probing again Right, and and he takes some of those shots that you're like, is this really the best shot we can get? Like a yeah. kind of a fadeaway baseline mid-range two, but he's so good with it. He'll switch to his his offhand. He'll he'll shoot floaters in the lane with his left hand, yeah, and make them. I don't. He he's a gifted scorer. I don't know. I still to this day don't know what teams were not seeing in him out of high school, because when we watched him play in that state championship game. He looked like a he looked like a high major player. Yeah. Eventually. I remember I mean, thinking he was bigger than I thought he yeah. was gonna be when yeah. we saw him in high school. 
Um, he's not small. Like I say, he's undersized for NBA guard, you know, a wing or something. He's not small no. at all. He's probably, what, 6'5"? Yep. Yeah. He's, uh, he's like the – it blows my mind that Conzo didn't make him a priority, even a little bit. Yeah, you got a – I A hometown I mean, kid who's probably – like what worst case scenario, he's like – a contributor as a junior or senior right off the bench or something and you don't burn a bridge with a hometown kid that's yeah i don't know it's easy to say in retrospect but if there's a guy in the fence in your hometown like literally in your backyard <laughs> uh i kind of feel like you just take a flyer yeah i mean even like the north carolinas of the world have right some guys that could play other places mm-hmm. and play more but they want to represent their hometown school and they'd sit on the bench for two or three seasons, right. hoping they'll be able to contribute some as a senior. And that's what you, you and know, they're not of, walk-ons. Right. And that's what you wondered about. Um, whenever Mosley was entering the transfer portal, coming back around the second time was like, has Missouri kind of just damaged its relationship with him, you know, as a university, as a, as a basketball team. Um, but clearly not, you know, that the coaching staff that maybe uh, he had an issue with, maybe not. I have no idea what his relationship is with Conzo Martin, but the coaching staff that didn't want him enough. Right. Is gone. Yeah. And I'm glad that he was able to completely see that, you know, it's a new era. It's a new coaching staff and that they were able to make that connection. Um, give me like 10 seconds on your view as a Missouri State fan. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I grew, I grew up in Missouri, in Springfield. Um, I've watched Missouri State since I was a really little kid. So, obviously, yeah, I, I follow the team, but I have known since probably two seasons ago, Mosley was not going to finish his career at Missouri State. And it was I was honestly surprised he didn't transfer before this past season. I thought that he definitely could have and probably could have gone anywhere uh, a year ago. Um, and so I was surprised to see him play this season. Um, he was – Amazing to watch at Missouri State, especially at that level. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. It was best of both worlds to see him yeah. succeed at the, you know at both schools that I kind of follow for college basketball. And you'd be fine with uh, the best player of Missouri State on Missouri State team every year if they're like high major caliber going to Mizzou. Oh, of course, like every time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ridiculous to <laughs> say otherwise, honestly. But it is weird to see. There's so many Missouri State fans that like don't like oh, Mizzou. Exactly. That's, I mean, it's that was like, just about as, as what I was going to say. It's so weird to, you know, I'm just a Missouri guy. I, yeah. I've lived here my whole life. I root for, you know, obviously Mizzou is is our primary the team, yeah. Yeah, the flagship of the state, but I like to see Missouri State do, do well. And, you know, they're a totally different level than Mizzou is on. And there's really no reason to have any ill feelings towards Missouri State as a Mizzou fan, in my opinion. And it has been a little strange seeing Missouri State fans kind of being angry about Isaiah Mosley going to Mizzou. I don't get it at all. And well, I think it, some of them got, you know, they felt like they had Missouri State had the best team in the state of Missouri for a little while. Last year, they probably it's very yeah. possible. Yeah. And it just takes one year of that for some people to just let it go to their heads. Honestly, St. Louis might have had, a, yeah. had a, a bid to be the best team in the state last year. Right. But if either one of those uh, fan bases feel like they have any claim to that title, they'll just take it and not look back. And then it's like, okay, well, your best player just came to Mizzou, and what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah, there's some salt, but 
Yeah, get over it. Yeah. I don't know. He's a, yeah, just be happy for him. He's he's going home. He's going to he's going to be great. Um okay, so one thing uh worth bringing up here is a tweet from uh, Springfield news leader. Uh he's he's the sports uh Wyatt Wheeler. Yeah. That's it. he's the sports guy for mm-hmm. them. Um he tweeted that Art Haynes reported on his sports talk uh, radio show. I'm just going to read Wyatt Wheeler's tweet. Art Haynes reported on Sports Talk, citing sources that former Missouri State star Isaiah Mosley has a name image likeness deal at Mizzou that will pay him $250,000 per year with the use of a house and an automobile. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. You know, I, I have no idea what to compare that to. I haven't heard a lot of NIL public numbers like that, uh, especially in basketball. So I've no, I know, you know, that he had some NIL opportunities here in Springfield. I would obviously doubt that they came anywhere close to $250,000, but there are rich people everywhere. So I have no idea. How close, how close do you think that is to being absolutely true? Those details? I don't know. I could see Art Haynes's sources being someone kind of close to the Missouri State program that's being like influenced emotionally. Right. Saying something like, well, we we couldn't, you know, they gave him, they're giving him $250,000 and a house and a right. car. Like, how are we supposed to compete with that? Right. Like, I feel like it could be as little as that. Yeah. I have really haven't, I don't know. I don't want to doubt, you know, somebody like Art Haynes has a lot of credibility in this area. And I sure. Think I'm sure he was told that. You know, absolutely. He's, he's definitely a legend in the Springfield area for sure. Um, so I have, re- I guess I don't really have any reason to believe it's not true, but you know, it's very possible that there are some emotional uh, reactions happening that are influencing numbers. Yeah. And we talked about this last week. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz was talking about how even the coaches don't always know which, oh, yeah. w- if these numbers are real or made up exactly. or just, you know, being leaked for the purposes of influencing people. Sure. He's getting, he's, whatever it is, whatever that figure is, it was. He got a good deal. I'm sure he's doing just fine. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that uh, Missouri's embracing that opportunity. Definitely. <laughs> to, uh, to get talent in Columbia. So give me a, I'm putting you on the spot here. We can work through it together. What's a starting five looking like? We're still, we're still probably looking for a proper big, but. That may not be happening. It's getting very late in the process at this right. point. Yeah, it kind of seems like everybody we've been involved with has uh, kind of gone elsewhere or I stayed think the, at their the school. The Washington State Center I think he uh, went announced back. that he's staying. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, we were kind of talking about this in in our uh, Discord with some of our Patreon guys uh, a couple of days ago, and I don't know that there's really any combination that just like just makes sense for right. a starting five. You know, I think there's a couple of different ways you could go with it. Um, I kind of find myself gravitating towards like maybe the who I think are the five best players or the five best offensive players, but it, it kind of ends up being a little bit of a small lineup. So I guess I'll kind of throw out and let me know what you think of this mm-hmm. and see if it's ridiculous. But um, I have like Sean East playing point guard, uh, Demoy Hodge kind of a two shooting guard, uh, Mosley three, and I think Hodge and Mosley can maybe be interchangeable, kind of the two or th- two three. Yeah. Uh, I have Noah Carter uh, maybe playing the four um, and then Kobe Brown at the five. So that would obviously be a pretty small lineup, and I'm not – I just don't know what to do with Noah Carter, man. Like, I kind of feel like he's maybe not ready to play the wing, and I might eat those words, but 
I kind of feel like he's he's most naturally going to be playing the four, but that's kind of where Kobe Brown's playing. So, and I don't know who's going to play five. So, I definitely think Kobe is capable of kind of sliding over and, and playing in that post um, position, but it might not be ideal. I think your uh, analysis of Carter is spot on, but I have him more as like the sixth man who can come in and play the three, four, or five based on foul trouble or needing a different look on offense or yeah. the matchups on defense. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, so, yeah, I have – I really think that Sean East and Nick Honor are going to – I think they're going to be really close to playing the same number of minutes on average each game. Uh, their minutes per game are going to be very similar over the course of the season. Whichever one starts more games, who knows. Um, and then I've got Hodge Mosley. I've got Kobe Brown at the four and Mo Diara at the five. Literally everyone says Mo Diara is not a five. He even says he's not the five. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. He's the tallest guy on the team and the most capable shot blocker. Right. And I don't care what he does on offense. I bet he jumps center and guards the other team's tallest player. That's very possible. He, which, his, in it, my mind, is the five. Yeah, his offensive game is definitely not a traditional big whatsoever, but that doesn't mean that he's not the five. Right. And, yeah, I guess maybe that is the best way to look at it if you're going to assign a number to you know the five starters is who they guard on defense. Right. And maybe that is Modiara for sure. Yeah, and maybe he um, – you might be concerned about, like, him getting – Outmuscled on the block or something by the other team's five. But, I mean, was that not going to happen to... Would you not be worried about that a little bit with, like, Brazil? If he's your starting five? Wouldn't you be like, yeah, eh, he could be outmuscled on the block a bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, and you'd be worried about Noah Carter or Kobe Brown's size. Yeah, and Diaz still have two or three inches on Brazil, probably. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um yeah, you could play like four out with Kobe as like your post player um, and maybe a little bit of like big to big passing action between him and Diara. Mm -hmm. If Diara is kind of like creating on the wing. Right. Yeah. Know, Kobe it, in the it post. It does kind of make maybe make sense to have uh, uh, Diara and Kobe Brown and Carter kind of just rotating who's who's playing in the post, if you want to call it that. But I think you. Uh, you run sets for Mosley. You let him have some ISO. You get it to Kobe on the block. You don't need to have Kobe initiating offense at the top of the key anymore. No, I don't think you'll ever see that again. Um, and you you could have you could actually surround Kobe Brown with shooters now. Yeah. And he will have options to kick it out for open threes. And yeah. Dr is one of those guys. He's going to be creating matchup problems. Yeah, I could actually see Kobe Brown's like. Um, like productivity numbers like his, how many points he's averaging per game like go down but his efficiency like skyrocket yeah and just kind of picking his spots and being able to exploit uh, matchups and stuff like that yeah teams are not going to be able to just kind of focus on him like oh, they yeah. used to yeah man we're gonna we're gonna actually have a decent offense next year we i feel like um we knew before the mosley edition the defense was going to be solid mm-hmm and um, we know Coach Gates coaches solid defense. Um, and they were going to run in transition, which even that is another reason to be excited for Mosley, to see what he can do um, with, in a fast-paced offense. 
being able to take transition threes or pressure the defense and make a play early in the shot clock. I'm very optimistic now. I mean, obviously, if we had added, um, what's his name? Sharp. Yeah. The the center from Western Kentucky. Expectations would be pretty high, and they're probably going to be already. Um, So, I mean, that leaves us with one question. Is Missouri going to win the national championship? I'm I'm just kidding. Probably. Uh, This is a tournament team, right? Bubble team. Bubble team? I, I I feel like 51% best case scenario with this roster if they really come together and make it happen best case scenario is you're a bubble team but you're not really sweating it yep. you're like top pretty, six top seven SEC team yeah but more realistically this is a bubble team that you're you're sweating it a little bit okay this could be a weird year for the SEC too. Like half the league is a new coach. Yeah, a lot of new, a lot of new faces, a lot of new players. Could be oppor- could be an opportunity. Kentucky's going to be. I didn't say they're going to win the league, but yeah, <laughs> but Kentucky's going to be. Kentucky's going to be really great. Good. Yeah, and then it's going to be Arkansas is going to be like a complete. Yeah, it'll be Kentucky and experiment. Arkansas and everyone else probably. Yeah. But I think Missouri could possibly finish. You know, if things click, I think they could finish as high as fourth or fifth in the conference. Um, not saying that's going to happen, but I think it's absolutely in the, within the realm of legitimate possibilities. Yeah, Arkansas is an experiment. They have an amazing amount of talent, but who knows how that's going to gel together. Like any team with a bunch of new faces, never know. What's crazy about the SEC and college basketball in general, but the last few years in SEC, it's like there's seven teams within a game of each other right around 500 in conference play I mean, this past season there were literally five teams that were nine and nine and then a sixth team that was eight and ten so yeah Missouri like you know have another have a couple games go um in the win column um, they had a few close games that just they couldn't close out. Um, they could have very easily been fighting for that eight to ten seed in the in the SEC tournament. You know, they kind of floundered. I feel like at the end of the year, ended up getting what like twelfth in the SEC. I think. Yeah, only five conference wins. Yeah, it definitely wasn't impossible for even an incredibly mediocre Missouri team that was challenged in every way possible to finish like middle of the road last year if they had a few more things go their way. Yeah, Missouri should be fighting in the top half of the SEC every year. Every year. That's we have not oh, been there. Man. We have not been there very often since yeah. we've joined the SEC. But Missouri's a better program than a lot of SEC schools to be completely honest, traditionally. Yeah, it's it's crazy how I mean, we saw this with the whole with the with Conzo's departure. The fact that it was up in the air was kind is kind of worrying the fact that there were so many fans that and not fans not so were much. there fans were ready to move on okay but there were like industry types you know writers other coaches well yeah other sec schools yeah. probably want Conzo to stick around no i, I mean know. yeah it's, I feel it's like tough to call for somebody's job in an interview situation or a press conference i mean how do you, how do you say something like yeah Conzo, you should probably be fired yeah. He's a really respectable guy. 
it just wasn't getting the job done. I think I'm maybe thinking of one uh, writer in St. Louis in particular that uh, to this maybe. day tweets things that are like pro Conzo and like maybe we shouldn't have moved on from him. It's like obviously we're in a new objectively <laughs> better direction than we were. You got to get that engagement. I don't even think it's that. I don't know. I think it's just... Maybe we should argue more. Not paying attention. You and I. <laughs> um, that's probably it. This is exciting. Yeah. Make me happy. Make me smile. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know your thoughts. Uh, why wasn't he here earlier than this? And what's, what's it going to be like having Isaiah Mosley uh, back with the good guys? And it's going to be weird seeing him in... Not weird, but it'll be interesting to see yeah. him in a Mizzou uniform yeah man should have been there all along yeah oh well we got him we got him ladies and gentlemen we got him <laughs> that all for this week that's it special thank you to our patreon supporters at the ten dollar level and above Britt Treese, brian smith ryan demore tristan ben smith parker daddy jd lewis hernandez tim keens and tyler harsel thank you gentlemen thank you very much you can find this podcast on spotify Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.